Okay, we're doing a series called uh, Why. Before we get into the message, though, you probably noticed we, we, have, we have a guest here clicking away. And uh, so we're going to give you a special shot today. You ready for this? We need all the guys in the room to uh, stand up, okay? And then I'll tell you why. So all the guys, quick, stand up, all the guys. There you go. Is that what you need? So what's happening is the Journal Sentinel called us and uh, heard that we're doing a pretty good job of reaching men uh, with the message about Christ, right? And they, they were like surprised because the church isn't really good at reaching men. And so uh, we convinced them we actually are doing that. And so they're doing an article about uh, Christ Church is going to be part of about reaching men. And they sent a photographer to prove you guys are actually here. So, okay. <laughs> and they didn't believe me. I don't know why they didn't believe me. So I said, send a photographer, take a picture. Go ahead, have a seat. Take, take a picture because we wanted to prove that guys at Christ Church are standing up for Christ and doing it in their home. Okay? Cool stuff? Amen. All right. There you go. Is that good? Help you out? All right. All right, now let's get to work. Uh, <laughs> the, the question, we're in a series. The series is, is the why series and, and asking some of these difficult questions. And, uh, you know, today is, I mean, it is a hard question uh, because I suspect it's a question we've all asked. Uh, because we, we probably have all had that experience where, where you know, we've just been offering prayers and it, it just, they just don't seem to be getting answered. Or if they're getting answered, they're, they're not getting answered the way we want them to be answered. Right? Had that experience? Yeah. I see some heads shaking. Yeah. It's, and this is a real difficult one. And um, as I share with you this morning, uh, keep in mind, like last week, uh, we're trying to give you some answers to these questions. And it's not going to be exhaustive. I mean, we, we just can't give you, I mean, this is a book, right? We can't give you the whole, the whole enchilada here. But what we're going to try to do is take you to some specific places in Scripture to get you thinking about uh, whether some of these places may apply to you. Whether some of the causes that Scripture seems to lay out, uh, you know, really are what's working in your life. And, and if you understand the principle that that cause is maybe working in your life, you can get busy in, in getting in a better place. Does this make sense? I think it will when we get to it. So um, let's start talking about what Scripture seems to say about some of the reasons that our prayers may be unanswered. And the first one is a real um, awkward one for us. It's so simple. It seems so true. Uh, but it's not real polite. Okay? And, and we're in a politically correct kind of world these days. And, and so this is kind of a difficult one for us. But Maybe your prayers aren't being answered because you're just not living right. That is, you're not living righteous. Okay? And take you to James 5. James 5 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, I want you to look at that section there in the middle of the verse there. It says, The earnest prayers of what kind of person? A righteous person, right? A righteous, somebody who's living it right. That is, they're, they're living right with Christ. They're walking with God. And he's saying, listen, this is what we know. We know that the earnest prayers of a righteous person have great power, and those produce wonderful results. So the question becomes, if your prayers aren't being answered, you have to look at your life and say, well, wait, wait a minute. Am I walking in a right way? I mean, am I walking righteous? 
Am I walking absolutely sold out in Jesus Christ? I mean, that's what it's saying. You see, the converse is true. And, and we've got this kind of cultural Christianity that's out there in the world when it comes to, to offering prayers to God. And, and the way the, kind of, the cultural Christianity that's out there in the world goes, it says basically, listen, anybody can offer up prayers. And anybody who offers up prayers ought to have their prayers answered. And those prayers ought to be answered the way they want them to be answered. <laughs> right? That, that somehow everybody out there, whether they're walking with Christ, not walking with Christ, that doesn't matter. The point is, everybody should be able to ask. And when they ask, it ought to be heard. And when it's heard, it ought to be responded to. And they ought to get what they want. And if God doesn't do it, then there's something wrong with God. <laughs> Isn't that kind of the cultural viewpoint? But Scripture would, would be in, in absolute contradiction to that. I mean, how do you get Proverbs 15 and compare that with that kind of cultural mentality? Proverbs 15 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of... That's totally different, isn't it? That's totally different. I mean, Scripture is making a clear distinction here to say, wait a minute, if you're, if you're absolutely walking right, you're sold out in Christ, God is absolutely sold out in you. And He is earnest to hear your prayers. But if you're not there, well, then it's like talking long distance with a bad connection. Right? It's, it's like talking long, long distance and, and the line is fuzzy. Because it says... The Lord is far away from the wicked. I mean, sometimes prayers aren't being answered because the people who are asking the prayers aren't walking in a right relationship. They, they just aren't walking right and tight. And it's not reasonable to expect that God's just out there as the, 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 the guy that answers all prayers the way we want him to, like Santa Claus brings all presents that we want. Which we know isn't true either, right? He doesn't do that either, right? Matthew 6. Jesus says, When you pray, do not keep talking on and on the way ungodly people do. They think they'll be heard because they talk a lot. Isn't that a great reference? I mean, it's just like, like talking ought to be enough. But, but Scripture would challenge us to say, Well, really? Really? Maybe it's about where your relationship is with Christ. And your prayer's not being answered or answered in the way you want it because the connection is long and fuzzy and just not getting through. And so there's a challenge for us if we're frustrated about our prayers is, is to get to that place that just reexamines our walk. And, and, and can we get into a place where Paul is in Romans where he says, and we know, now he's convinced of this, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now notice two things in there, right? He's really convinced that God is working in, uh, in the lives of those people who what? Who love God and are walking in a way that is according to his purpose. That's what we're convinced of. That's what we know. What we know is we have a God who is invested in us. He is committed to us. And when we are sold out and invested and committed to him, yes, he will absolutely be engaged in our prayers. But if we're not there, 
If we're not there, well, it's that long-distance connection that's not so good. Second one, maybe, maybe another reason that our prayers go unanswered is because we've got other relationships out there that are creating a barrier uh, to our prayer life. And there's this, this teaching in Scripture that, that brings our relationship with Christ into uh, direct relationship with how we are with other people. And those relationships influence our prayer life. If you look at Mark 11, uh, Jesus says, So I tell you, when you pray for something, believe that you have already received it. Then it will be yours. And when you stand praying, forgive anyone you have anything against. Then your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. So what did he just do? He just connected the experience of praying with the expectation of exercising forgiveness in somebody else's life. You see that? So, the, so there's something going on in our prayer life that is relative to our other relationships. So if we in these other relationships carry resentment, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, right? If we're carrying that in some of these other relationships out there, Scripture is going to say, well, l- listen, you can't carry that and have an effective prayer life. Because all this anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, all all this stuff out there that's interrupting this relationship, that's going to cloud your prayers. You see, if you've got all this going on over here with this unforgiveness and all that stuff going on, you may be actually praying for the wrong thing over here. Because your relationship is so bad and all that stuff is in your life so strong that, that you can't see correctly about what God is doing in your life or wants to do in your life. And you may be actually praying for things contrary to God's desire. Do you get that? I mean, the key is, if we've got some relationships that are broken, some relationships that carry that anger, bitterness, resentment, we've got to deal with those relationships. And if we don't, it's going to influence our prayers. First John says, anyone who says he loves God but in fact hates his brother or sister is a liar. He doesn't love his brother or sister whom he has seen, so how can't? So he can't love God whom he has not seen. See, there's this direct relationship between our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. And so Jesus in Matthew says, Suppose you're offering your gift at the altar. You remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift in the front of the altar. First, go and make peace with your brother. Then come back and offer your gift. You see, there's something going on there that these these relationships that have the anger and the resentment, the bitterness going on, it, it's getting in the way. And he says, it, it'll get in the way of your relationship and even your worship. So you've got to deal with this before you can be on target and effective in your prayer life and even in your worship life. Peter brings that really clear in, in one of our intimate relationships, you know, the relationship of marriage. He says, husbands, take good care of your wives. They're weaker than you. So treat them with respect. Honor them as those who will share with you the gracious gift of life. Now look what he says. Then nothing will stand in the way of your prayers. So if you're not doing what he says in the first part, apparently that's going to get in the way of your prayers, right? That, that if, you're not, if you're not, if this relationship isn't in the place God wants it to be, that's going to have a direct relationship in your prayer. So, 
Sometimes our prayers go unanswered and they seem to be unanswered because we've just got some, some stuff out there in other relationships that's unresolved. And it's creating a barrier for the effectiveness of our prayers. Um, a lot of times we think of barriers as kind of like walls, right? Up and down walls. You know, I'm here, there's the, bar, the barrier, and somebody else is on the other side, so I got this barrier between me and them. When it comes to barriers in, in relationships and a relationship with Christ, forget the wall picture, okay? You know the picture you need to have? is a dome. You need to think of it as a dome, right? Yeah, there's a barrier between me and that other person, but because that exists, there's also something interrupting my relationship with Christ. You get the picture? And maybe your prayers are being influenced because you just haven't dealt with that relationship. Maybe, maybe your prayers are going unanswered just because the reasons for your prayers are missing the mark. They're, they're just not on target, you know? They're, they're just not right in the right place. If you look at James again, James says, when you do ask for something, you don't receive it. Why? Is this like the title of what we're talking about today? Right there, right? Why? <laughs> Answer? Because you ask for the wrong reasons. You want to spend your money on your sinful pleasures. So what's the problem with the prayers? Well, the motivation, the motives of the prayers, the reasons for the prayers are in the wrong place. They're just in the wrong place. Example, when that lottery gets back up to 164 million, I don't know where it is right now, but when it gets back up to 164 million, I'm telling you there's lots of prayers going up, right? And a lot of those prayers are going up and they're saying, oh, Lord, Man, God, if you would just give me that, if that could just happen in my life, I will tithe. Right? And even, Lord, forget the tithe. I'm 25%, right? I'm 50, 50. Do I hear 50, right? I mean, you know, I mean, what's the motive? What's the reason behind the prayer? Because you're absolutely sold out. You want to pay off the church mortgage? No. <laughs> the reason for the prayer is you want to win the darn lottery. <laughs> And all the good stuff that comes with that, right? And so sometimes our prayers are just misplaced, right? They're just misplaced. That, that we're, play, we're praying for something that, that, that in our own view uh, is just, boy, really important. But the reality is it's just not in God's view, right? Because you ask for the wrong reasons. If you look at uh, Matthew 6, Jesus gives an example of folks who are doing just that, right? Praying for all the, all the wrong motives, right? He says, when you pray, do not be like those who only pretend to be holy. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. They want to be seen by others. What I'm about to tell you is true. They have received their complete reward. So he's looking at the Pharisees of his day and saying, now here's an example of folks that are praying for the wrong reasons, right? It's not about their relationship with, with God. It's about them. They, they want to be seen. They want to be holy. You know, it's all about them. Well, that's not so far away from some of us, right? Some of our prayers. That, that sometimes our prayers just are misplaced. And it's not about God working in our life and what God can do in our life, but it's more about what we want. And we don't always get what we want. Because that's true, the next one is a really hard reason for us, but it's a true reason. 
Sometimes, sometimes our prayers goes unanswered uh, because God is just growing our faith. And if he answers our prayers the way we want them answered, it could be exactly the worst thing possible for our faith. That, that, that we always look at the things going on in our life, when tough stuff comes especially, it, it, we look at those things and our prayers usually are something like, God, make it go away, right? I mean, the, the, the focus for us is, God, just make it go away. When in reality, having the experience may be exactly the most important thing that we can go through for our life and our faith. And that it just grows our faith. And, and so sometimes our prayers just go unanswered because God is working. And, and this very thing that we pray about saying, get it out of my life, God is using that to just grow us, to mature us, to, to, to make us invincible for whatever other hardship may be coming down the road. Because God's perspective is so bigger, longer, and further out than what ours uh, is, right? And we get captured by this one thing that we think is hard, when in reality there may be something else down the pike here that we're going to face, and God knows it, and this thing, this small thing, we got to go through it just to get ready, just to get our faith in that place so we can deal with whatever's next. You with me? You see how that works? Sometimes we just got to receive the hard things. Don't pray that they go away, but just receive them. In, in James it says... But when you ask, you must believe. You must not doubt. People who doubt are like waves of the sea. The wind blows and tosses them around. A man like that shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. He can't make up his mind. He can never decide what to do. So a man like that shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. A man like what? Well, one that just isn't absolutely sold out in faith. Right? Just, whatever comes, you just... You know God is in it, and, and yeah, maybe my prayers get answered the way I want it, but you know what? That's not relevant. What's relevant is God is going to get me through this experience. Uh, if you look in, in uh, Mark 9, there's an example experience of that. There was a, a, a father whose son was possessed by a, a demon, and the father brings the son to the disciples and, and asks them, you know, get, get the demon, heal my boy, Right? Disciples struggle. They can't do it. So, you know, bring in, bring in the big dog. Bring in Jesus, right? And so Jesus gets involved in the situation, and he asks the father what's going on, what's the deal with your son, and he, he starts explaining. He says, listen, the Spirit has often thrown him into fire or water to, be, to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us. Please help us. Now look at Jesus' response. This is so cool. He responds to that one phrase the Father says, right? He responds and says, If you can? Are you kidding me here? If you can? If you can, everything is possible for those who believe. What's his response? He's looking at the man and he's understanding the man is not displaying mature faith. In his requests. I mean, what, our prayers can go unanswered because God is growing our faith. Because our faith isn't in the place it needs to be yet. You see, this father is a father who is a if-you-can prayer. You know, Lord, do this if you can. I mean, if you can. If, if, if you can. Jesus' response is, 
if you can, of course you can. All things are possible with God. What, what are you, what, where are you thinking? Our faith says God is absolutely able. It's not a question of whether he can. The question is, is it inside his will for us? Is, what he, is it what he wants for Is it the best thing for us? And so it's an opportunity to mature our faith. The disciples get Jesus later inside, and they say, look, why couldn't we drive out the evil spirit? So interesting. Jesus responds saying, this kind can come out only by what? Isn't that neat? What kind of prayer? Confident prayer. Faith-filled prayer. Can-do prayer. Not if you can prayer, but absolutely God can pray. So, so sometimes... Our, our prayers go unanswered just because God is working in our life in a way that allows this experience to be the very thing that is going to grow our faith. And, and we need to have, the best thing for us is to have our prayers go unanswered. Because there may be something else God knows about down the road that he's preparing us for. Make sense? Last one. And this is the, the hardest one of the whole thing, the whole answer, okay, uh, that we touch on at least today. The hardest one is simply that God may have another plan. Uh, and it's hard for us because these are the prayers that go unanswered in the ways we want them to be answered. And the prayers are good prayers. You know, praying for someone we love who is significantly ill is a good prayer. But the problem is God may have another plan. And the challenge for us is to accept that we believe anyway. That what's important is not getting what we want, but what's important is God has his way. Right? And, and we believe anyway. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, Christmas time, if you were like me growing up, you, you made this great list of things you wanted for Christmas, right? You know, from mom and dad, you wanted from, from them for Christmas. Now, let me ask you. Did you always get from mom and dad everything you wanted? I see some heads saying no, right? I mean, you know, when I opened up the package and it was three pairs of underwear, you know, I'm like, wow, great. <laughs> not what I wanted, right? I mean, not what I wanted, right? But, but when it was all done, did I doubt whether my mother and father still loved me because I didn't get what I wanted? Well, no, I, I mean... I, I got underwear. Okay, live with it, you know. And that's really the challenge, isn't it? That, I mean, the challenge is some of our prayers are going to go unanswered because God just has another plan. And his plan has an eternal perspective. That, that his plan has an eternal outcome that, that for us is bigger and greater than, than what we can grab hold of in the moment. And so it's a challenge to us to just believe anyway, to accept anyway, and just release it all to God and say, God, look, whatever you want, I believe anyway. I believe anyway. If you look at First uh, John, it says, I'm writing these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. I'm doing it so you will know that you have eternal life. What is that? Eternal perspective. You see that? He's putting eternal perspective out there first thing, right? Then he says... There is one thing we can be sure of when, we, when it comes to God in prayer. If we ask anything in keeping with what he wants, he hears us. 
If we know that God hears what we ask for, we know we have it. What's the key to it? Asking for not what we want, but what He wants. Right? That's the challenge. That's the challenge. Because we're good at asking for what we want. The trouble is, we got to let go and be able to say, God, look, ultimately, it's what you want. And, and I know you have my eternity secure. I know you have my family secure. I know that the future is in your hands, and nothing will happen beyond your control and your presence. And that's all I need to know. And I believe anyway. It's, it's the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians. Um, he says, I, I could have become proud of myself because of the amazing and wonderful things God has shown me. So I was given a problem that caused pain in my body. It is a message from Satan to make me to make me suffer. So Paul has this physical problem, right? Now, what do you suppose his prayers are? God, get rid of this thing, right? I mean, his prayers are, make it disappear, right? And he says that. He says, three times I begged, I begged the Lord to take it away from me. His prayer is earnest. It's a good prayer. There's nothing wrong with this prayer. It is a good prayer. But what's the outcome? The outcome. But he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. We have to be able to settle for just living by grace. That his grace is enough. And that we believe anyway. Let me give you one more example of that. It's Luke 22. It's Jesus when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. You all know this, right? It says that he went a short distance away from them. He got down on his knees and he prayed and he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup of suffering away from me, but do what you want, not what I want. Let me ask you this. What if God would have answered his prayer? Where would we be? It's because the prayer went unanswered that your salvation is secure. There is a place and there is a time for unanswered prayers. Because God is just greater and he is wiser and he has eternity secure. And we just got to say, look, his grace is sufficient. And if I don't get what I want, I believe anyway. I just believe anyway. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you even for those moments of unanswered prayer. Those moments when you're growing our faith. Help us to just ask for all the right reasons. To resolve these relationships and, and, and draw closer to you so we can ask for the, more clearly for what's good and pleasing in your sight. And keep us near. Don't let us get far away. Keep us near. That we can just walk with you and talk with you like Adam and Eve walked with you in the garden. That we can be that close and that right with you. And Father, give us the grace we need to just believe. To just trust you. And to just know that, yeah, it's going to be hard. It can be difficult. But you're there. And you will be a God who conquers you will be a God who leads us to victory. You will be a God who raises us to life eternal. You will be a God who will provide for us, and you will make it possible that we can endure all things 
in confidence and trusting in your grace. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.